Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, writer for IndiePolitics.org and longtime host here on 93 WIBC, joining us in studio. Abdul, how are you? Doing well, my friends. How's everything going? Fresh cut there, bud. Thank you. I, was, <laughs> Hammer, first of all, before we get started, because we got a lot to go over here with Abdul, but he was cracking me up outside the hallway earlier, telling me about his barber and how he only lets black people cut his hair. <laughs> it got like racial. Did I yes. did I did I uh, no, no, you, describe the conversation you, you, you accurately? Described it, you described it pretty much accurately. <laughs> I do not let white people touch my hair unless I know they know how to cut black hair. I just don't do it. Uh, this like oh god, thirty years ago when I was a college student up at Northern Illinois University. Normally I go into the city to get my hair cut. You know, south side of town, African American barber knows how to cut black hair, but I couldn't get to town that weekend, so I had to go to this place called the Chicago Haircutting Company. And so I'm like, okay, I'll I'll try it. So scheduled appointment, got in. I'm sitting down, then the, the very nice lady starts washing my hair. I'm like, why are you washing my hair? My hair's not messed up. Like, oh, this is what we do. Like, okay, no public health reasons, whatever. And then she's got the scissors in one hand and the razor in the other, and she's looking at me, and she's kind of staring like, you have no idea what to do here, do you? <laughs> she's like, no, I'm sorry. It's like, okay, you see that guy over there, the blonde guy? Yeah. Cutting his hair is like cutting the grass. Cutting my hair is like trimming the hedge. <laughs> so, and so I kind of walked her through it. And she actually did a really, really nice job. So like, oh. like you guys really need to learn how to cut black hair. You'll actually, first of all, you'll make a whole lot more. But money. Abdul's, but Abdul's policy from here on out is only black barbers touch your hair. Um, that- exactly, or or a white barber that I know for a fact knows how to cut black hair. <laughs> so ripping on white people, you're going to be the mayor of Indianapolis yet, Abdul. Congratulations. Hey, if you know how to cut black hair, you're fine. That's my that's my thing. What's what is the what is the it's just the texture the uh, it's 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 the texture it's a, it's the shape and it's it's the whole nine yards you guys put the oil in we take the oil out is it like that scene in Coming to America fifty that be fifty five dollars what kind of berries and creams you got in here yeah <laughs> oh that nothing but ultra <laughs> oh my god yeah no kunta from upstairs <laughs> and he cuts right. off his, his his ponytail like that'd be fifty five dollars it's about right uh, Abdul is with us. Uh, so where are you in your political future? Uh, we will make an official decision uh, next week, probably Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we get the rest of our polling data back today. Uh, looks promising. Uh, the one thing I, I talked about with Rob this week was that uh, the mayor's reelect numbers were actually uh, kind of kind of concerning if you're the mayor, because only 33% of the voters we surveyed thought the mayor should get a third term, and 47% thought the city was going in the wrong direction. And those those are those are not good numbers. If you're going into a third term now, granted he's got three million dollars in the bank, so money solves a multitude of issues. But it, but it shows that there is a. It's like I've always suspected there is a path to victory. Now I'm just getting the the, the substantive data to back that up. Right? Did the prosecutor Ryan Mears have numbers that were similar to that? Because he ended up winning in a blowout by at least twenty percent. Uh, what I found out from the from the prosecutor's office, as well from the prosecutor's campaign, as well as uh, some other folks who polled in Marion County. That Joe's reelect numbers and proof have always been like in the in the low 30s, and it's been like that for a while. Because also when we polled back in uh, September October, his numbers were also 33 percent. So that's pretty consistent for the past like six, seven months. That tells me that there's something there. Are people buying this big parade that they're doing over at the mayor's office and the city leaders? 
that crime is down. We can celebrate. Let's pat each other on the back. We didn't set a record last year, so we're doing something right. Yeah, once again, that's like me bragging about being valedictorian in summer school. Um, <laughs> yeah. one, once, once again, crime is a big issue and roads are a big issue. Right. And, and, and so... But are people buying that? Because they're going to turn on the news and they're going to see Joe Hogsett telling Channel 13 or whoever it is, crime is down. And if you don't study this kind of stuff like we all do, you're probably going to think, all right, Joe, good job. He doesn't mention that it's only down compared to the record-breaking year, and it's still a top three. And January this month is the second most violent month, I believe, in the history of the city. And if you take out the mass shootings, it's actually the most violent month in in the city. I I, I don't think people necessarily buy it. I mean, you have... Voters who are less sophisticated, who will probably like, okay, yeah, crime's down, whatever. But the public perception is that crime in the city is out of control. Abdul with us. All right, so let's go to uh, your wheelhouse here, the Indiana State House, the General Assembly. We're about three weeks into this thing. What are the headlines? What's going on? Um, they're looking at the, the governor's public health initiative. They're looking at that. Also, they're passing uh, legislation that would uh, eliminate bail or eliminate the requirement for bail in the state constitution for people who are violent, serious uh, offenders. Uh, so you got that going on. Is that spawned off of what happened the last couple of years where groups like the Bail Project would come in and get violent offenders back out on the streets relatively quickly? Uh, that's part of it, yeah. But the thing is, with, with Indiana, though, with the state constitution, bail can only be denied if you're convicted, if you're accused of murder or treason. And I don't think there are too many you know people fighting redcoats in Indiana, so <laughs> so murder has always been the big thing. Uh there, there, there are some statutes that says if the if the person is, is violent or dangerous, you can still hold them. You can raise the, raise the bill pretty high. But at the same time, though, I, I think that what's going to happen is I think I think it'll pass, but it's got to change the constitution so it needs two sessions of the Indiana General Assembly and then a vote by the taxpayers. This that is, sounds awfully complicated. Yeah, as as well That's a as a process. As, yeah, to change the constitution, it, it should be. Uh, Yeah, sure. Nigel and I were talking about this yesterday, and on the subject of crime and punishment, not necessarily General Assembly here, do you think Indiana will execute anyone ever again? The death penalty is legal in the state of Indiana, but they haven't executed anyone since 2009, I believe it is. I could be wrong, but I believe it's 2009. There are multiple people on Indiana's death row that are completely out of appeals, and who knows what's going to happen with this Delphi trial. One would think that the death penalty might be on the table there, but is that even a thing anymore? Um, Yes and no. How's that for a nice lawyerly answer? It's still a thing, but it's uh, most of the most death, most death penalties are done now by lethal injection, and there's been an issue with getting the chemicals that are necessary yeah. to carry out the execution. Actually, uh, witness an execution back in 1995, uh, double execution back in Illinois. Uh, to two guys, it was like the first double execution in like 60 years. I was one of the one of the witnesses. Really? And, Did yeah. you like bring popcorn and stuff like that? And uh, I didn't bring popcorn, but but it was interesting because those of us. Who were no one? No one really changed their minds after witnessing both executions. If you were for the death penalty, you were more for it. If you were against the death penalty, you were even more against it. My my opinion on the death penalty now is I'm not necessarily a big fan because I've done the research. It's not really a deterrent, and it costs more to execute somebody than it does just keep them in life in prison. I said put life in prison, solitary confinement. Don't let them have any human interaction with anybody. That to me is much a much worse crime than waiting 12 years and getting the lethal injection. Uh, if Hammer had access to watch a, 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 an execution, he'd be tailgating. I would. <laughs> I would. I'd start to wave in the room. Abdul, I'm on the other side. Listen, my tax dollars are going to get wasted anyway, and if we can get a bad guy off the earth, then do it. But I will say, I always defer to what the family wants. Yeah. If the family of the victim says, you know what, we don't believe in killing another person, let him rot in jail, I'll defer to the family. 
But if the other family says, kill that SOB, we have the death penalty. And really, it feels like the ingredients are there. It's just that a lot of the big pharma companies don't want their products associated with killing people, so they make them incredibly hard to get. It's like it's not like there's a shortage. It's a moral issue with some of these pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, and once again, it's in, in the free market universe. You know, I want my product used for this. I don't want my product used used for that. Like I said, my thing is that at the end of the day, I don't think the death penalty is a, is a deterrent. I, I do believe that if you lock somebody up, put them away, life in prison, solitary confinement. To me, that's a face worse. Than, that's a fate worse than death. But they can't become celebrities in there because that little rotten sob that killed the officer in Beach Grove in my hometown, he does all these MSNBC prison shows and he does these interviews. And from what I've been told, he really thinks he's a celebrity in that joint. I want to say, I want to say, I think New York had this. It was called like Son of Sam laws. It basically meant you couldn't profit off of yeah. off of your crime. So that that I have no no problem with. How difficult is this? trial going to be in Carroll County to the Delphi situation the murders and and busing I mean you heard the news uh yesterday or this week that jurors are going to be from Allen from Allen County from from Fort Wayne yeah. and then I'm assuming they're going to get on a bus and you know pack your bags and, and it's uh, death penalty cases or potential death penalty cases are always going to be complicated you got to have certain types of lawyers to to do to do the type of work and that sort of thing um but, I do I do think uh up in Delphi it's going to be more of a challenge than they're used to because they just don't deal with this type of stuff on a regular daily daily basis. Now, where we're going to put them in the hotel, where we're going to feed them for lunch every day, you know, we've got to have alternate jurors as well as the same time. So it's, it's going to be difficult, but I think they'll be able to get it done. So I want to get your opinion on what you think is going to happen in Memphis and possibly some other cities around our nation tonight. This police video is going to be released, body cam video of five officers from Memphis allegedly beating the hell out of a guy who ultimately dies of his injuries. I have not seen the video. I don't know what's on it. But the police department's kind of laying the groundwork of, it's a heinous video. We encourage you to please protest peacefully. Sounds like they're expecting a lot of violence tonight, Abdul. What do you think's going to happen? Um, like, like, like you, I haven't seen the video, so so we don't know yet. Does it matter that it was five black police officers that killed actually, a black victim? Actually, yes, I, I do think it does, because it takes the race of element out of it. So you can't say this is a white cop shooting an unarmed black man or whatever, the, what the usual sort of the narrative, narrative story is. <clears throat> These were African-American officers accused of killing an African-American man. To me, it's, 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 it's tragic to begin with, but at least we don't have the race element in this anymore. Will you see Black Lives Matter protest? I, I can see them protesting. And I can see the old line, you're too blue to be black. Oh. There, there's always that okay. for, 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 for black mm. police officers. Like, you know, too black to be blue, too blue to be black is always was what the old phrase used to be. So I would not be surprised if you start seeing those protest signs popping up tonight. Because the knock on Black Lives Matter is you only see them when a white guy kills a black guy, but when it's black on black crime, they're nowhere to be found. Exactly. So that's why I say you, I would not be surprised if you see the signs say, hey, they're too blue to be black. Imagine that. What's coming up on your big show this weekend? Uh, doing stuff with the legislature. Uh, talking to my good buddy Andy Downs with the Mike Downs Center into politics. Uh, talking to the Farm Bureau. Uh, also, uh, we're chatting uh, with uh, folks about property taxes. So, a uh, pretty big show today. Abdul, thank you. Hey, thank you. Nigel, ready for some beer? Uh, it's, I, I brought the uh, I brought the goods and just a hint. It's not beer and it's local and oh. it is. Um, you might go blind after tasting it. Well, I can't wait for that. So, Beer Sample Friday, next on the Hammer and Nigel Show. (laughs)